From the movie house to your widescreen at home, Radio 111's Going to the Cinema and the streaming services on Flicks and Picks with Brian Mendoza. So grab your popcorn and beverage of choice and step into our screening room for our weekly forum on film. Now, here's Brian. Big Mouth is back on Netflix and it's grosser and even more vulgar than ever. And you know what? That's exactly what we want out of it. Big Mouth is a television series that, if you don't know at this point, follows the coming-of-age story of various teenagers as they go through their hormones and want to have sex and masturbate. It is a... I don't I don't even think they're teenagers yet. They're almost like pre, they're preteens. You know, it's an animated series from Netflix. It is currently on its sixth season, and it's one of those shows where if you're still watching it right now you know what the heck you're watching and you already know if you like it or not and big mouth is one of those shows that is very very gross but i think it has a lot of good things to say and i think it's a really well done show it's really funny i think that its characters are very likable and i really love season four i i really did have an attachment in the first three seasons but season four i absolutely loved i thought it did a great job addressing anxiety and depression and it was a wonderful season of television i really thought that wow all these metaphors it just, it's just getting everything right and i loved missy's you know journey into her into discovering her blackness and you know discovering like what it means to be black in society and that was such a good storyline you know what i mean i also liked you know nick navigating his own personality and navigating his own inability to be like to be likable and it's just a very strong season of television season five was still good i'm still one of those people that i loved season four that i definitely put it on my top five of favorite shows of that year that it came out 2020 especially considering that was the year of the pandemic's worst or at least like you know peak pandemic for some people and it really just hit me the right places i stayed home and watched it and i was like you know what this really is saying something and i really appreciated what it had to say so overall all in all this is a very strong season of television and so I got to say that season four was really good. But now that we're on season six, is it as good as season four? The season that I absolutely adore. I think that it's a good season of television. I just don't think it's anywhere near as close to season four. And maybe I shouldn't be comparing them to season four. So as a season on its own, I think it's pretty funny. It's still good. I think this show definitely still has some legs to it. I hope that this show doesn't last too long i wouldn't want this show to have i'm gonna be honest with you i would love for this show to end at season eight or season nine i would not want this show to have 11 seasons because i really don't want this show to become another animated series that overstays its welcome and i know netflix has never really had an animated series last too long because honestly they're starting to get rid of their animation division so big mouth is their last major animated series and Tuca and Birdie got canceled there and then they got canceled again which you know I, I'm going to talk about Tuca and Birdie in a future review because I am still unpacking my feelings about why it got canceled so you know I wanted to say that I hope that Big Mouth reaches its end pretty soon because I do want to see it 
still have a strong legacy. It's like BoJack Horseman. BoJack Horseman ended very strong. And I know that they wanted to do maybe one more season, but I'm glad that they didn't. And I'm glad that they ended the way they ended and that it, I think it's a great series. And so I hope Big Mouth gets to have that fun, great ending as well, or at least that ending that really gets you thinking. Because BoJack Horseman had a great ending for an animated TV show, which is very rare because oftentimes they get canceled or they just literally don't end like the Simpsons, which, you know, maybe one day we'll see if it ends or not. But Simpsons, I still like, you know, I still my favorite animated series. So. So what's up with this season? So Big Mouth season six is still as raunchy as ever. It's still, you know, it's still navigating all these characters. You know, um, Andrew has a new relationship with a girl named Bernie Saunders that ultimately is a very good takeaway and th this season also focuses on his parents marty birch and his mother um not not marty birch but i was gonna say uh marty and barbara gluberman they are two characters that essentially are going to go through a divorce this season now you know, I'm going to say that this particular part of the season made sense because I have, ex I have, um, my parents aren't divorced, but like, um, I, I have a friend who had a very terrible circumstance over the summer and he was telling me about what, about all these concerns in his parents' marriage. And then I had another friend that talked about the marriage, his own marriage with his wife. And so I'm not giving names, but I saw bits and pieces of those moments reflected on the show and so marty and barbara their circumstance is very real to me so i actually appreciated the show for giving these two characters who are just like the weird eccentric parents of you know andrew globerman who is the most perverted character on the show along with jay just being able to give them this this conversation about like you know when you grow old you really should still be affectionate and sweet to your partner and you really should be fun and have good times and you really shouldn't be complicit uh, complacent you know just don't be complacent in the relationship that you're in when you're married don't be just don't be complacent still be affectionate and loving still work for your relationship you know you fought for you fought to get to marriage but work to keep your marriage healthy. And I love that the series did that, that the series didn't let, let's say, Marty being rude to his wife be like a normal thing, but that it actually addressed that, yeah, this like relationship dynamic throughout the series is unhealthy. And so it needs to be changed. And I appreciate the way it was done where essentially Andrew had to be the key to all this. Like, that's why oftentimes when people tell me, Oh, Brian, you're so wrong about wisdom from the youth. And I said, wisdom comes from youth, too. So I appreciate the series for giving a very balanced view on relationships and marriages and for not letting it be depicted like a one sided thing that Barbara is a victim. But it could also be that Marty is just someone who is a victim, too, in terms of he doesn't quite understand how relationships can be maintained because he's scared about challenging his own relationship. He's scared about, you know, a lot of things. So I think it's a very strong testament to the writing that you get these two characters who are background characters and they get a very good storyline this season. 
Andrew's storyline with Birdie uh, Sanders, maybe not as good. I, I thought it had its moments. I love the actress who plays Birdie Sanders, but I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I think that the way they ended that uh, relationship was quite honestly not in good taste. I, I thought that, you know, this was a relationship that had a lot of good moments. And I honestly think that the way they ended the storyline is quite honestly not a good way to do it. I, I, I felt that it was kind of a cheat and I get that they're teenagers, but I it felt like it didn't have anything to say in the end. Like the arc didn't seem to make sense. And in the case of like Nick, he's going through his own situation when he's essentially discovered his family heritage and how his father, essentially Elliot Birch is played wonderfully by Fred Armstein. The, Nick essentially finds out that his father was part of these nipple twisting. <laughs> it's a really weird show. Um, nipple twisting, like, you know, champions. And that uh, one day he decided to leave the championship or the sport. And the father of, of Elliot is this really just horrible man. And I, I like the fact that the series unpacks like toxic masculinity and how, you know, men who don't adhere to certain quote unquote aggressive standards are still as strong and they don't have to be like aggressors to be sexually advantageous. You know, the, the idea is like, even the series plays around with this, the idea of like, if my husband acts aggressive with me, like maybe I'll be turned on. And it's one of those things where the series makes it clear that it's just role play, you know, it's consensual role play, but like that in reality, like aggressive, toxic men are not any more sexually like, you know, are not any more sexual than men who are sweet and soft and like, you know, just are absolutely powerful. And that softness is not weakness, you know, that there is something there. And I, and I appreciate, and the parents are essentially having these really good storylines in the series that I, and I actually really thought, wow, this series really is giving the parents an opportunity to grow as characters. You know, usually in the past, TV shows about teenagers don't give parents a lot of, like, screen time. Even Euphoria doesn't give the mom a lot of screen time, even though she's a wonderful actress, who, the, the actress who plays the mother. But it's like My So-Called Life, how My So-Called Life gave the parents a lot of screen time. So I appreciated the series for giving the parents these storylines that actually say a lot to their children. Like, Nick, the, the Nick is a character who has a hard time with his masculinity. So having a storyline specific for his father and his grandfather navigating toxic masculinity makes sense for his character. So I, I like the fact that the kids and the parents have these interconnecting storylines because, you know, the way you raise your children essentially does sometimes come from the way you either is a response is always a response to the way you were raised either it's an imitation or a or quite frankly a deflection away from it or the opposite of it and so let's go down to jesse jesse is another character that is having her issues now jesse she is is going to get a baby sister and she has to navigate those situations with her father becoming more present in the life of her sister than he ever was in her life and the fact that he is in a much better place now that he can actually raise a child. And I like the fact that Jesse's relationship with her stepmother is actually given real 
you know, thought. And I like the fact that there's an understandable, like, situation why a teenager might treat their stepmother worse than their mother. Because, you know what? They don't want to be connected. They want their mom to be their mom, and they don't want anyone to hinder that. And I like the fact that the show addresses that really effectively. And later on, we have Misty's relationship with this one boy who is an asexual kid. And you know what? I'm going to say this. For its depiction of asexuality, I haven't talked to anybody yet. But I, I do appreciate the way it's done that it could actually be like a good thing and that it's not shown as a flaw and that, you know, Missy is someone that is very understanding. I like Missy's relationship. I like Missy's relationships throughout the, the series. And I also think that Missy is a great character. I think that Missy is one, is my favorite character of the, because she always gets these really good storylines. And I, and I think that having her be sort of a, you know, like this young girl who is sexually frustrated or at least, you know, romantically frustrated. I mean, it is, it's kind of gross the way one talks about the series, but it's kind of hard to talk about it it's it's the way this series is is very thoughtful but it's also like you know it's kind of like you have to get past a lot of grossness so missy being this young uh, young girl who is trying on the verge and uh, uh trying to figure out like her sexuality or figure out like how sexually active she wants to be eventually the series by the way doesn't show these kids having sex of course so you know there's that but I, I think that Missy, you know, being sexually, you know, I'm going to say experimental or somebody that wants to be to be seen as a sexual being by her asexual boyfriend makes it's an interesting dynamic between the two. And I'm glad the series got the answer that it did. It was a better answer than the way Andrew's storyline went about. I, I felt that in the end missy and her boyfriend just it made sense the way they ended that series that's that that storyline and i'm glad it did i'm glad that they ended it that way for now and that hopefully we get to it later on and so we have our final big storyline which is well actually i guess we have two final storylines because jay and Andrew, they have their own storyline in which Jay, they enter a relationship and Andrew's ultimately not really happy with the idea of changing Jay for the better. And I do think that it this series does tackle a lot of relationship dynamics that I really like is that Jay is somebody that wants to like essentially, you know, prove himself to Andrew that he himself can be like prim and proper and, and you know, cultured and actually do things to quote-unquote better himself for Andrew but Andrew just wants his wild child wolf of a man and I like the fact that it shows that that type of relationship dynamic may not necessarily work because in the end someone like Jay someone like Andrew not um essentially you know uh, my bad Matthew because Andrew Reynolds is the name of the guy who plays Matthew Matthew and Jay, they just have a very, I'm going to say, complicated relationship where you have this really prim guy, prim, proper gay guy, and this, like, let's just say, very sexually dirty, very dirty-minded guy that's, like, 
they're trying to make things work out, and I, and I like the way it ultimately handled itself. All these storylines are handling themselves really well, as you can tell. And then Connie and um, Connie and Murray, they have their own relationship, and it's like, you know, I, I like where it went. Murray and Connie's relationship with their child. They have a child in the series that was a cliffhanger from Human Resources, Montel. And usually, including a kid's not funny, but in this case, I actually liked how Montel was. So, overall, I would say that this season was pretty good. I do think that by the end, a few storylines ended better than others. And I do think that in the end, the show has to get to its conclusion pretty soon. I think that Big Mouth Season 6 is a fun season of television, and I certainly don't regret watching it. I just think that I would I would have liked Andrew to, be, to have a better storyline, and I think Jay and Matthew's storyline ultimately wasn't as rewarding as it could have been. I like the idea of Opposites of Tract and what that really means, but I just think the series took an easy answer out. A lot of the storylines tried to didn't take easy answers but it, the the gimmick for the last episode just didn't really hit as well as it could have but overall very good season still fun and hopefully season seven is an improvement if not i'm okay with saying that season four was the best i'm quite okay with that because i really love season four and if you're not a fan of the gross eye humor season six is not for you go watch something else but if you're a fan of big mouth season six is just as fun as season five